uh, Mark chapter number 12 this evening. Look with me in the book of Mark chapter number 12. So thankful that God is alive, that Jesus Christ is alive. Uh, God is alive, but I thank God that even further, I'm alive too. Uh, I'm alive in such a way that is even further than just this life that you see living, this uh, mortal life that I have before you, because there's coming a time where that life will come to an end. But as a famous preacher had said at one time, he said, uh, if you read in the papers that I am dead, that I have died, that is false. Why? Because I am more alive than I ever have been. Why? Because glory to God, we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and have everlasting life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I love this little debate that the Sadducees tried to have with Jesus Christ. If you look with me in Mark chapter number 12, about look with me at about verse number 18 is where we'll begin reading. And I love it how they, they want to go ahead and, and, and get, catch Jesus in some sort of uh, uh, discrepancy. You're not going to catch God in a discrepancy. You're not going to catch God in a falsehood, a lie. Well, he cannot lie. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. The Word of God says that so much. But then it says, Then come unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. Now, let me simply say this, that they do not and did not believe in the resurrection. That's why they're called the Sadducees. They are very sad. Because they do not have the promise of the resurrection. They do not hold on to that. They don't believe that the resurrection was taking place. But I'm thankful that I know that Jesus Christ has promised us a resurrection. Hallelujah. Those that have crossed over in death are not silent in a grave. But they are basking in the love of Jesus Christ right now. They are risen right now. And someday they will bodily rise again. Praise the Lord. And I'm looking forward to that day where I will be able to see them. But look at verse number 18. Them come uh, us uh, unto him, the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they ask him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If a man's brother die and leave his wife behind him... Uh, and leave no children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife, and dying left no seed. And the second took her and died, neither left he any seed. And the third likewise. And the seven had her and left no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. Now they're using this wonderful story that we have, and they are referring to Deuteronomy chapter number 25. Now, I can say this, that when you read through the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 25, they are looking that, that this is actually a principle, this is what God had commanded for them to do. But they also said that if the brother said, I don't want to have any part with this woman, I am not going to do this, you need to go a little further and read through the book of Ruth and find out what the rest of the story really truly is. Thank God that he would just take a... I love the fact that this woman could take, a, take the shoe off, take the shoe off, spit in the man's face, and say, Thus saith what God's going to do to your house. Uh, y'all don't believe me. Read Deuteronomy chapter number 25 tonight. That's your homework assignment tonight. But that's exactly what was happening. They were leaving no part for that. So then they go into verse number 23 and they say this, And the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, which remember they don't believe this, whose wife shall she be? Of them, for the seven had her to wife. Now I can only imagine the the look on Jesus's face. Oh, have you ever been asked an absurd question? Have you ever been asked a question that you really didn't even think 
I don't even want to answer you. Heather does it all the time. No, I'm joking. I wouldn't do that. But I'll be honest with you. People ask silly questions. And this is the Sadducees. They're just trying to catch God and trying to catch Jesus Christ and trying to prove him wrong. But you will never be able to prove wrong the Lord Jesus Christ. But look what he has to say. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err? Because, look at this, because you know not the Scriptures, neither the power of God. Take a step back. For when they shall rise from the dead, notice that Jesus Christ in verse number 25 says, For when they shall rise from the dead, not if they rise from the dead, not It's a possibility that they would rise from the dead. But when they rise, when they shall rise from the dead, he goes on to say, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. And as touching the dead, that they rise. Have ye not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But then he goes on in verse number 27, and this really truly is our text this evening in verse number 27, and we'll go home, or either we'll go out and get a s'more from Brother Joseph. Hallelujah. He is not the God of the dead. Hallelujah. That right there ought to make us just shout. For he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Hallelujah. Ye therefore do greatly err. How crazy did these guys have to be? To be able to ask Jesus a question like they just asked him, they asked him, uh, uh, how is this going to happen, God? You say that this is going to happen in resurrection, so everybody's going to have... And, and God says, you are erring. Why? Because you don't know the word of God and you don't know the power of God. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of folks that don't know the Word of God. And there's a lot of folks that don't know the power of God. But I can tell you that we can get to know the Scriptures, and through the Scriptures we can get to know the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We can get to know the power of God Almighty and how that He is able to do all these things. And they didn't believe in that resurrection. The Sadducees did not believe it. But Jesus simply told them, you're in error. There's an error in verse number 24. Look at verse number 24. He says, do, do, do you not therefore err? That you have an error of what is causing this. What You're causing this because of the error that is in your life. What is it? But look at the evidence of their error. Look at the last part of verse number 24. That evidence is simply this. Because you know not the Scriptures, neither the power of God. You're saying, hey, God is saying, I, 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 wanted, I want you to know that I have opened the Scriptures to you. You have it all available. And you're using the portions that you want to. You don't know everything, but you're using the portion that you want to, and then you're twisting it to say what you want it to say. And oh my, that's a very dangerous ground when you start taking the Word of God. You can just about take any verse of Scripture, and you can simply say, hey, this verse says this, and you can take it out of context, and you you could twist it, and you could turn it, and you could make it sound just about like anything you want to. But if you keep the Word of God the way the Word of God is supposed to be taught and preached, you will keep it in the context that it is in. And God is saying simply right here that God is a powerful of God, and you you do not know the Scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. Why? Because you don't really know know the God that you're talking about. 
I love how Jesus is real easy on these Sadducees. He doesn't want to hurt their feelings. Did y'all, did y'all get that sarcasm there? He was real simple. He didn't want to hurt their feelings. He was being politically correct, I'm sure. No, he was telling them straight. He's telling them exactly what needed to be said and the evidence was there. And then he gives an example. Look at the example that he gives in verse number 26. That example is, and as touching the dead, they that, ri- that, that they rise, have ye not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? All of these men were already dead. Their bodies were dead. But yet God is saying right there that they're not dead right now. They are more alive than they have ever been been. Think about that. God says, I'm not the God of the the dead. They're not laying in a grave. I'm the God of the living people, the living people of God, the servants of God. And how wonderful it is to know that we have that. Too many times we have too many people that are going through dead motions and going through dead shows that we have. And we don't serve a dead God. Glory to God. We have a God that has risen from the grave. Hey, she got up three days. I I thought about singing up from the grave he arose today, but it's not close enough to Easter, praise the Lord. But hey, we can sing that uh, every day of the week, glory to God, because he has risen from the grave. He is not in that planet, in that tomb, but he is on the right-hand side of the throne of God. He is high and lifted up, and he will never be removed from that space that he is in. We look through this and we say, well, what what do you have, Brother Shane, uh, that says, because God, absolutely, Jesus Christ, took their expectations and absolutely obliterated them. They went in thinking, hey, I'm really going to get Jesus with this one. I'm going to stump him because he can't have an answer to this. He surely can't do this. He surely can't say that. And he went to a different direction completely. Why? Because he is God. And because he can go in the direction that he's going in every time because he is sovereign. Because he is a great God. And he has a God of grace that gives us every time. And he says, hey, I'm not worried about the dead ones. I'm worried about the ones that are alive that I'm giving life to. Glory to God. You say, look at this, Brother Shane. Well, what are you saying? Look with me, and I thank God that we have, that he is alive. And I thank God that I have life too. I can tell you this with with all of my heart, that I know that Jesus Christ is alive. Why, Brother Mike? Because I've been talking with him today. I've been talking to Jesus today. I've been talking to God the Father. I've been communing with the Holy Spirit of God. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that He is alive. Why? Because I get in His Word. And He begins to comfort me with His Word. And I get down on my knees and I begin to pray. And Brother Earl, there is a sweet Holy Spirit that comes around and wraps His arms around me. Arms of comfort. And all of a sudden, I feel like that I'm transported into another place. Why is it? Because God Almighty takes me from one level and puts me to another place and says, Hey... I love you. You are my child. You are the one that I love. I died for. And I'm a living God. I'm here for you. You think about those people that serve those gods that have no uh, ears to be able to hear and those eyes to be able to see. But thank God we serve a Savior that hears us every time we cry out. And He sees us every time we may stumble. And He picks us up every time that we need to be able to pick up. And He carries us, praise God, even when we need to be carried. I thank God that we serve a God that is alive forevermore and and he never will ever be extinguished ever again. Why? Because God is self-existent and God is alive forevermore. Now that excites me to know that I don't have to worry about anything. My heavenly father is always going to be there for me. <laughs> 
You say, Brother Shane, I'll be honest with you, I've had people in my life, I started this uh, this evening by saying, boy, I had friends that I thought I had friends, and, 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 I, and I don't even know where they are anymore. I don't know if they're alive, I don't know if they've already passed away, I don't know what's going on in their life, but I can tell you that Jesus Christ has been my friend every step of the way since I was a six-year-old little boy. Boy, that Friday night, something happened to me, and it started bubbling deep down inside of my heart, and Brother Earl, it hasn't ever stopped. Glory to God. And I'll be honest with you, I don't ever, Brother Joe, I don't want it to stop. I want it to keep flowing. I want it to keep bubbling. I want it to keep going and hey, say and encourage me and say, keep on going for me. Keep on going. Keep on preaching one more time for me. Tell them about me. Tell them that I had died for them because I am alive forevermore. (laughs) Thankful that I have a live Savior God that I serve You realize that we don't serve a master that has passed away and has passed on a legacy that we try to carry on. But God has given us His legacy. Thank God. Hallelujah. And He says, look at what I have done. And He has shared His legacy with me. And I get to know the most powerful being of all the universe, God Almighty, on a personal level. Why? Because He is alive and wants to know me personally. What a blessing that is. You say, well, because I'm forever the same, that God is forever the same. In Malachi chapter number 3, I'll be honest with you, I love Malachi chapter number 3. The very first thing that you think of, when I think about Malachi chapter number 3, I think about verse number 16 and 17, and it talks about in 15, about a book, and how a book of remembrance is being there. But then also it says that he will make up his jewels one day. And I thank God that, boy, we may lay down one of those loved ones in a coffin, and we may lay down in that treasure box someday, but God will make up his jewels, will bring them forth, and they will jump out of that grave, glory to God, someday. I'm looking forward to the day that God is is going to sit there and make all things right. It's because He is powerful and He is able to do those things. And only He is. I can't do it. You can't do it. No one else could ever do it. But Malachi chapter number 3, verse number 6, it says this simply, a simple statement. For I am the Lord. I change not. Wow. Wow. When you really look at that, for I am the Lord. When you get it, you can't get any higher than that. You can't get any greater than that. He's higher than the highest, greater than the greatest. Most wonderful one that we can ever know. But he wants to know us. And he says that I change not. That means that I'm constantly going to be in that same. A simple but bold statement that he does not change. I won't be honest with you. I know wishy-washy people. Y'all know wishy-washy people. You know, one person that'll tell you one thing in in the morning and you don't know if it's going to be the same in the evening. Somebody just popped in your head, I guarantee it. A picture of somebody, and I just, we'll have to have altar call here in a little bit. But but we all know those, those people that we just know. It's just one way or another, flipping and flopping and back and forth and going back and forth. But God says, if I say something, I'm not deviating from that. I'm not going, I change not. This means that he will never change the state that he is in. He will never change, Brother Jerry, he'll never change his word. 
Glory to God for what he says. In Psalm 119, he says that I am, my, my word is settled forever in heaven. Therefore, it's never going to go away. I'm so thankful that we have a word that is settled so much that we can uh, guarantee that it's not going to change from here till the, till the time that he comes back. And I'm thankful that we serve a living Savior, a living God, that he says that I'm not going to change the state that I'm in. You say, well, Brother Shane, what's so important about that? Well, let me tell you what the state that he's in right now. Isaiah chapter number 6 says that he is high and lifted up. The train just fills the temple. It also talks about the angels that are going around, round about, saying, holy, holy, holy. When you get to the book of Revelation, guess what you find? That God... (laughs) is still in the same spot that he was when he told Isaiah where he was or showed Isaiah where he was. He's in the same spot when Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 1 began. He's in the same spot tonight on October 18th, 2023. He's going to be in the same spot and come for eternity. It doesn't matter how far you are out. You can think of the furthest time out. God will still be on the throne. No one's ever going to take him down. No one's ever going to pull him off. No one's ever going to vote him out. No one's ever going to do any of those things, God Almighty will forever and not change because He is on the throne. Amen. He's on the throne and He is alive and nothing will ever change that. Boy, we change not. It's a living Savior that He changes. He's ever the same. But then He is in eternity. So what? You look in Exodus chapter number 3. We're referring it to already in this passage that we have in Mark chapter number 12, they're referring to uh, Moses. He's saying, hey, Moses said uh, when God introduced himself to Moses that I'm the God of Abraham and of Isaac, of Jacob. I am that God. And a matter of fact, in Exodus chapter number 3, verse number 14, it says, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Now later on, Paul says, I am what I am. But he could not say, I am That I am, because we are what we are because of God. But God is, He is what He is because He is what He is. I couldn't say that again if I tried. Hallelujah. Thank God that He is the one that He's... And I love this. You go through it, you start actually going through that word, I am. It actually means that you just go ahead and get to it. It actually specifically says, He am. Now, it's not good English. Now, a lot of people, English teachers, are going to be like, Brother Shane, what in the world are you possibly doing? Well, if you're going to be mad at me for he am, there's going to be a lot more things you're going to be mad at me about. Glory to God. Because I taught Georgia a lot. But y'all understand it. So we're okay. Hallelujah. I am says that he am. That means that he, it's not that he was. It's not that he is. Because being is is good. And it's not that he will be. He just says, I am. That means I don't have anything outside of me that I need in order to exist. (laughs) I was, no, I am, absolutely. He is right now, that's a great thing. But Brother Jose, you think about that. The fact that Jesus Christ is forevermore, that he is today, and he was and is in, in October chapter number or October eighteenth, twenty twenty three. And then when I was a little boy on October fifth, nineteen seventy eight, when I was born, God was there and still is there, and God's gonna be there the day that I close my eyes in death, or either the day that he comes and gets me, and I'm looking forward to the day where Jesus Christ just comes and takes all his children home. Amen. And we get to go out 
up and called out into this raptured place called heaven. Amen. But he says, I am, I am, I am. And he said, Yahweh, I am, not is, not going to be, not will be, but forever. Moses told to go in his name. And guess whose name we're told to go into? We're supposed to go out into all the world to the highways and the byways. And we're supposed to preach the word of God in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of God, in the name that is above all names. Thank God that we have a living Savior. Number two, number two, I'm number two. I'm, I know y'all, I'm the only thing standing between you and s'mores. I'm going to hurry. Sorry, I think I just lied. <laughs> living servants. Number two, you look at the living servants. Look at verse number 27. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm, I'm, I'm wired in a great way. <laughs> What'd you laugh like that for? Praise the Lord. I'm alive. And you're alive. I don't, I don't want to have to call 911 and have people check three or four people and take them out the door before they find which one is not really alive anymore. Boy, we should be on the edge of our seats saying, thank God that I'm a Christian. Thank God that God has saved me from my sin. Thank God that I'm a servant. Thank God that I have been uh, made alive. You are as well. You've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been made something new. You've been made something great. 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Old things are passed away. Behold, all all things are become new. That means, Brother Oliver, the day I got saved, I'm something new. Something different than what I was. You say, Brother Shane, what in the world could you possibly have done as a six-year-old little boy that you needed Jesus Christ? I was on my way to hell just like anybody else is on the way to hell. But thank God that when I was made a new creature, I was given Brother Chris a new direction. I was given a new way to go. Thank God that I completely 180 degrees turned my way from the direction of hell. And I'm on my way to heaven. Why? Because God has made me a new creature. I hope He has made you a new creature as well. You look at that and you say, well, what, what is so great about being made new? Because number one, you were, you were once dead. Oh, Brother Shane, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Turn with me to Colossians chapter number 2. The book of Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 3. Simply says, that, or excuse me, 13. Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 13. The Bible says it this way. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Look at what he says. Hath he quickened together with him. Glory to God. Having forgiven you all, all trespasses. Glory to God. You think about what God is saying right there. Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 13. That he has quickened us. Before, before salvation, you were dead in trespasses and sin. That's what Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1 is telling us. That we were dead in trespasses and in sin. And there's no way that we could lift ourselves out of that. That dead man cannot respond to anything. But glory to God, all of a sudden, I can look at being a new creature and I can respond to something. Why? Because God has made me a new creature and He has quickened me. I love the word that that word quickened means. That made alive. We got two people that's alive in here. Glory to God. 
Made alive. That means you can respond to something. That means you can shout glory. That means you can enjoy the salvation that God has given to you. But after Christ has given us a new life, we are made alive in such a great way. You say, well, how do I know that I am that way? I'm, I'm glad that you asked. Because First John chapter number 3, 1 John chapter number 3, verse number 14 says this. We know that we have passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. That's the proof of you being saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a proof that you can say that I love the brethren. I'm thankful for the brethren. I'm thankful that God, Jesus gave us a new commandment in the word of God to love the brethren. No man can truly love Brother Harper unless he knows the Lord. People say all the time that I, I know I can, I love this, I love that, I love it. You can't love chocolate ice cream. Well, some people think they can, but you can't love chocolate ice cream. <sighs> Brother Kerry says he does. Hallelujah. You can't love an inanimate object. You can't lie, love these things, but you can love something that you're in a relationship with. Thank God that we can have a relationship. The living servants, how can we do that? Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ has made us alive, has quickened us, has given us a new life through the Lord Jesus Christ. But lastly, lastly, and I told you, I'm going I'm to I'm hurry up. We're going to get through here. But I want you to look with me at the very last of it. Look with me because there's a life sustained. Look at verse number 27. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Ye therefore do greatly err. We have eternal life through Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Blunt. He is a living God. He has living saints. And guess what? He's going to sustain our life as well. The amazing part about it is, is when we think we need to live, we go into, our body goes into, Daniel was talking to me the other day, and he's telling me about how scientific things work. I'm going to be honest with you, I love him, he is an awesome young man, I'm proud of him, but I don't know what he says half the time. He's got too much up here for me, I guess, I don't know. Uh, He got his smarts from his mama, that's all I'm saying, he got his looks from me, glory to God. I'm sorry, son. But he was talking to me and he said, your body just naturally goes into a fight or flight, dad. It just naturally goes into this fight or flight and it's going to happen. It doesn't matter. You can try to, there's different levels of how it happens and there's different levels of, of how far it goes and how your body reacts. But one way or the other, when you respond to one thing or another, it may be something small, but your body goes into a fight or flight. And it may be something big and it may just accentuate those circumstances. It may accentuate the response that your body has, but you're going to go into a fight or flight one way or the other. And as you go into this fight or flight, you you're going to see that, that you're living forever. You're trying to do something to live forever. If your life is ever put into danger, your body goes into this thing. Your heart rate goes up. You start to, your pore, your open, your glands start to, sweat glands begin to open and you begin to go into this way that your body is trying to survive and trying to do that. Boy, you're trying to do that. You're trying to make sure that you keep yourself alive any way that you can. But then I realized in eternity, there is no fight or flight. Hallelujah. There is no fight or flight in eternity. Why? Because you don't have to worry about 
whether you're going to exist anymore or not. Why? Because the one that has given you the life that you now have, he ain't ever going to change. Therefore, what he has given to you is never going to change. Therefore, when eternity rolls around, I don't have to worry about a thing. I just simply have to thank God for what he has done. When on the cross that he says it is finished, and then Brother Joe was preaching that it is done over in the book of Revelation, thank God that I know without a shadow of a doubt that what God has done for me will never go away and never fade away. It will not have corruption on it because what God has done is not ever going to be corrupted. It's not going to be touched by fire. It's not going to be eaten by the moth. But thank God that what he has done for us will last forever because I said this morning one day brother Kerry this body of corruption is going to put on incorruption and I'm going to ascend into heaven glory to God and I will be with him forever forevermore because he will sustain the life that God has given to me Boy, aren't you glad that he is taking care of all this you say well how is it that you can do this well by believing because you believe John chapter number 5, verse number 24 says it this way. John chapter number 5, verse number 24. Jesus says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, I think we're hearing his word tonight. He that heareth my word, and believe on him that sent me, hath everlasting life. Because you grasped onto it? Absolutely not. Because you have done something to deserve it? Absolutely not. Why? Simply, now we're going to get in trouble for this. Simply believe. Simply believe. When I was that six-year-old little boy, I had no money. I had no good deeds. I had no great things. All I could hold on and all I could grab on to was daddy's coattail. But Brother Earl, you realize that that evening, that Friday night, when Brother Ray Hill was preaching that Friday night over at Friendship Baptist Church, and I realized that I was a sinner, and I was on my way to hell, that I was on that little amen corner, stepping about two steps away from the altar, and I cut, I tugged on Daddy's coattail. And when I tugged on Daddy's coattail, I realized, Brother Jose, that that coattail wasn't going to get me to heaven. That the only thing that was going to get me to heaven, glory to God, was the blood of Jesus Christ, the salvation of the Savior, the one, and all I had to do, I didn't have to pay money. I didn't have to join the club. I didn't have to get baptized that night. I didn't have to go and do any of these things. All I simply had to do is believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was gloriously born again into the body of Christ. I believe that I'm sitting here with a bunch of folks that have had the same experience. And some of us are glad about it. Well, boy, you have that one soul that never tastes death. My soul will never taste death. I may close my eyes in death someday. You may see that I'm put into a casket in a coffin. And they may bury me in the ground someday. But I'm not dead. And the day that you close your eyes in death, guess what? If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you're not dead. You're living forevermore. To be completely honest with you, whether you trust Christ as your Savior or not, you will live forever. but I want to live where God has prepared a wonderful place for me. And I want everybody that I ever preach to, though everybody that I'm able to go to and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ and let them know. But then also, thank God, we get to reign with Him. 
And I'll close with this. I'll close with this. I know I keep going here, but boy, I've been, boy, I've just been, God's been putting this on my heart. Go with me to Revelation chapter number 22. The book of Revelation, chapter number 22, will start in verse number 1. But these verses, they help me. Why? Because the saint of God, the reigning one, we're going to get to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of it, the street, uh, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there a tree of life which bare twelve manners of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face, and His name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no more night there, uh, and they shall need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. And look at this. And they shall reign forever and ever. You know what that means? We get to live forever. In order to reign forever, you've got to live forever. And how do you have eternal life? Through the one that already is living forever. And he can give that life. Why? Because he made the perfect sacrifice. Living saints, living living Savior, and a sustained life that God has given to us. And I'm so thankful that I get to live with Jesus Christ.